You're listening to 1881, powered by the American Hereford Association and part of the Hereford Network. Here's your host, Shane Bedwell. Welcome back to another episode of 1881. This is your host, Shane Bedwell, and uh, May is here. We're excited. Uh, we're starting to get a little bit of rain where they've needed it for a long time uh, in the southern plains, and uh, spring's trying to come, and uh, it'll be here, and uh, hopefully we'll have those cows out to grass here pretty soon. But uh, super excited about today's episode titled Marketing Success, and the guest here for to, for us today is uh, Mr. Jared Herman, and uh, we're going to learn more about Jared's uh, background and uh, business sense and kind of what he has going on. But uh, just real quickly, Jared is the owner of Mitchell Livestock Marketing in South Dakota, Mitchell, South Dakota, and Cherokee Sales Company in Cherokee, Oklahoma. And those of you that have followed along very close through social media, and some of our print uh, advertising have uh, certainly noticed those two uh, uh, cities, those two towns, uh, those two events have, have been uh, two monumental big Hereford feeder calf sales here, here in the last year. And so we thought it'd be good to get Jared uh, on our podcast just to learn a little bit more about him and what drives Jared, uh, but more importantly, kind of... Um, how these feeder calf sales have worked so well um, and, and continue to work well and how we can grow those in the future. And at the same time, uh, maybe uh, use these as blueprints and opportunities for other states that don't have these type of sales um, to move forward with. Maybe other states can add them. I know, you know, uh, we, we obviously have a, a pretty successful sale there with Brent Louderman uh, in Illinois uh, in Carthage there after the first of the year, uh, folks in Kentucky and Tennessee have done a really good job. They were kind of the first ones to, uh, start those, uh, sales and get those going. So it, it is possible. And there's some other ones popping up. Um, and it's just a good time, frankly, right now in the, in the cattle business. So the numbers are on our side. Uh, the demand is going to be there. Um, but we've got to deliver the product and, uh, I think Jared's going to share more about that here in the podcast. So with that, Jared, welcome to 1881. Thanks for being on today. Thanks Shane. It's been, uh, I've I've been looking forward to it. I know you have, and, um, you know, uh, you, you live in Cherokee, Oklahoma, um, a native of Kansas, uh, Kansas. And, uh, your family's been involved in the, in the cattle business for a long time. So why don't you give the listeners a little bit of background on yourself? Ooh, boy, that's a, that's a hell of a story. I don't know where I would start, but, um, we'll kind of just start with me. I grew up in Dodd city, Kansas. Um, we, uh, we grew up running the South Selborne in Dodd city. My dad did. Um, we had the feed yard at Ford County feed yard that my grandpa started back in the seventies along with some other people that um, involved with national beef. And back then it was high plains dress beef. So um, growing up, we did that and farming and ranching and uh, went to K-State. Got my degree there and then 
decided that uh, I went down that road of working for some ag engineering firms and designing and building livestock facilities. As time went along and got to miss missing production agriculture and that entrepreneurship that I have it within me and the drive was not not there working um, for the for the engineering side of stuff. It was kind of slow paced for me and I like things that are a little faster. So I went back and started uh, working on the family farm and uh, realized that uh, I think that I wanted to kind of branch off and do my own thing. So I went off and uh, got involved in bought uh, Cherokee cell barn in uh, seven, seven of 17. And we've taken the numbers and really grown them from there. And then this last sep- first of September, we bought Mitchell Livestock Marketing out of Mitchell, South Dakota. And we've, uh, we're, we're making some really good changes and things are happening up there and things are rolling really well along. So I'm sure to some of the listeners, uh, Ford County, Danny Herman rings a bell with several of our uh, Hereford breeders. That'd be an uncle, right? Yep, that'd be my dad's brother. And yep. speaking about him, he's probably one of the uh, Shane. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't he one of the first ones to kind of really push on the cert- certified Hereford beef deal? Yeah, that that definitely was kind of the home yard for a lot of CHB cattle in the in the early days, and still, you know, for quite a while here and in recent times, kind of served as the 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 yard to kind of because it was so close, right? To to national there and dodge and um yeah absolutely danny was instrumental in the in the early days of chb so kansas state i I got to know you uh there uh at in manhattan at ksu and uh that's uh that's where uh we enjoyed uh, kind of the the friendship kind of started and um you know it's it's good to kind of have you back uh in the livestock uh space and K State had a pretty good draft. Uh, we got a we got a good uh, de- defensive tackle coming to the to the Chiefs uh, over the weekend. That was a pretty good move, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. So uh, you got a young family there. Patrice, your wife, works with you there in in the in Cherokee there at the sale. And uh, tell us about your uh, your family. Um, okay, so uh, me and Patrice have got a little daughter. She's three. We got another one on the way. Um, yeah, so she's kind of uh, – she went to K-State also. Met her there. We uh, ended up just getting hooked up, and the rest is history. It's all been yep. flowers and roses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you what. If Here's the thing, like with her – she uh she's damn sure the one that keeps us all going and in line she's dang sure the one that that as uh, as any any good marriage the woman really holds a pretty important role so no doubt no doubt i know down at the sale that we had there in cherokee uh here a few weeks ago uh she was right in the middle of everything and uh definitely keeps you in line you can tell that so um, it's pretty pretty impressive for not coming from any um cattle background at all yeah, no, she's she's right in it. So, um, you know, so you're running the Cherokee barn and growing it. Um, you know, that's uh, I mean, you've done a really good job of bringing in uh, producers, new producers year after year. I mean, the you know the reputation I think for Cherokee is 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 a really good one, and uh, the the buyers, the cattle that come there is getting better and better every year. And so what? 
what really drove you um, to to buy Mitchell? You know, you, you got going in Cherokee. What what drove you to expand your your footprint? Main thing is probably the weather diversification and and the help and the connections of the new buyers. You know, it's far enough north where we don't get the same weather pattern that I get in Oklahoma. The the help. Uh, I get to be able to transfer help between locations because that's one of the things as you're getting to business and you start doing stuff in business, you always want to look how you can de-risk your business, what makes you sustainable. And so that's one of the things that really I'm always focused on. What can I do from a 30,000 foot view to make us more successful? And that meaning, how do we drive our market better? Where, how do we, you know, make our, have better help? How do we get away from drought? How do we put ourselves into a position to win? And that's one thing. The other thing is, is I wanted to be in the North. And the reason I wanted to be in South Dakota so bad is because we bring a lot of cattle out of the South, run them on the wheat pasture down here. We are in a calf deficit area around Cherokee. It is mainly wheat pasture cattle down here. It's been that way for years and years. And it's a really good place to raise or to run wheat pasture cattle. So we bring a lot of them cattle. And then what ends up happening is, is so that increases our quality of cattle that are is around Cherokee. Then the northern buyers will come down here in the springtime and buy these cattle off wheat. And they're good enough to go to Nebraska, Iowa, South Dakota, all these places that have it generate a, a good market. And we got so many of these smaller producers. So therefore, you have more, you have more uh, competition within the market to get a better, to get, make our market better. No doubt. No doubt. So, you know, what we've covered before and, you know, uh, it's been well documented, the success of, uh, the Mitchell special Hereford feeder calf sale there in February has been through the roof. You know, we've, we've done some promotional video on that. I was actually up there in February. This would be the upper thirties, close to 40th anniversary sale. Uh, that was really started by uh, a couple of South Dakota breeders uh, that got that going. And uh, the South Dakota Association, uh, Hereford Association, has been really strong and instrumental in the continued success of that. And I know your your team up there at Mitchell, uh, you know, that's a, that's a big day. That's a big week for them each and every year. But it's been, it's been huge to our breeders. And you'd think, well, how in the world, you know, northern cattle, South Dakota, you know, cattle just market themselves. They do in a way, but when you get so focused and you get so concentrated with a thought and an idea, it leads to success. And, uh, Jared, you would have had, what, over 4,000 calves or yearlings that day uh, that were primarily Hereford and Hereford-influenced and uh, that that sale's got a hell of a reputation, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It was, it was a lot of fun to see that many Hereford cattle. So, Jared, uh, after buying Mitchell, he gave me a call, and he said, uh, why aren't we doing one of these Hereford sales in Cherokee? I said, well, that's a great question. Why aren't Let's do it. And uh, he's like, well, we got to get a date, and this would have been in the summertime uh of this last year in 2022 and you know uh, we kind of let it go over the summer 
kind of had that discussion and in fall again he's like hey we've got to get a date we've got to get a date uh scheduled so we can start planning for it well those of you that know mother nature hasn't been too kind and uh, jared made a reference to this before that uh southern kansas northern oklahoma is fantastic wheat pasture country has been always will be uh works well cattle do well gain very well uh, in that that part of the country on wheat pasture how much wheat pasture did we really have in <laughs> cherokee Z- hardly any zilch zilch and uh we just kept thinking it was going to rain it wasn't rain so we had already set this date right and um you know it just uh we made it through, uh, the Cherokee sale would have had a little over 2000, uh, Hereford and Hereford influence cattle. Uh, some of those backgrounders because of having that sale planned sale in April here, um, they still bought Hereford cattle. They put Hereford cattle in, in, um, you know, some background and yards around, uh, Cherokee. They, they ran as much as they could out on some of the wheat that they had. And it worked. And so here's here's my thinking. Here's why I think it was such a success is that you pulled it off. Jared, you and your team pulled it off in maybe the worst year possible to really take advantage of true backgrounding conditions on wheat pasture. So, you know, let's talk about the sales and, and why do you think, you know, what what what's driving the demand and why do – your buyers like showing up to buy cattle on these two Hereford special days? Well, for one, I think, you know, these guys come here because they know that they can get large, large groups of these Hereford cattle. And, you know, when it, it's not, all of them are not, you know, 100%, you know, red whites. I mean, we, we have several black baldies and they can, they know that those cattle will perform well and, there's a lot of demand right now from the Packer side. So I think that's one reason that they come here and buy them. Yep. So just kind of give the listeners, you know, uh, we talked about how many we sold at both the, one of those sales, but on any given day and, uh, you know, at, at either one of the auctions, talk about your buyers and the reputation you've been able to create in your sale barns. I mean, the power that you have in your buyers that are there. So I've got a lot of really good buyers that sit on my seats week to week. Um, and so that's, it's been really good that way. The other thing is, is that, uh, I have to give a lot of dedication to, uh, to my grandpa and you know what he's done. So he's provided a lot of opportunity for me to be in touch and to meet a lot of people. And, and I get to ride on his coattail a little bit on the connections that he's made over these years. And that has been very instrumental to me in growing the power and, and, uh, the markets because the, of the connections that I have. So, I mean, just some, some highlights of the sale there in Cherokee. I mean, um, of course, you know, year over year comparing the, the April market in 23 to 22, I mean, we're, we're 40 to $50 a hundred, uh, higher than what we were a year ago. But, uh, as, as you look at the market report, uh, from the Hereford feeder calf sale there in April, 
I mean, the, the cattle sold on their quality, um, you know, and there's, there was cattle that, uh, brought, uh, front end price. And I, uh, we had, you had some special guests there at the sale. Uh, Corbett wall was there with DV auctions. Uh, he broadcasted it, sold a little bit during the sale. And, uh, you know, the next day I was curious to watch his feeder flash and Cherokee sales company was the stick out sale of the day. Um, and, uh, his, his quotes, uh, from the sale, which he had over 6,000 head, uh, that sold there in Cherokee, uh, during the feeder calf sale there, uh, the, the stick out quotes of that day were the Hereford lots. There was, there was three different Hereford lots, uh, that he quoted, but it was, it was very strong. And, um, you know, it was, a it was a good testament to, uh, the cattle that uh, those folks had put together to have in that area. And then there were some, uh, local, uh, breeders, uh, purebred breeders, some commercial, uh, customers of those purebred breeders that held on, um, and put their cattle through the sale here in, here in April. Well, Jared, any comments on that? On that Hereford sale, it's the first time I've ever seen them want to hold a black. And then not <laughs> only that, but there's a lot of times all these Herefords will, they may bring more than what the black than a straight load of blacks that we sell that day too, you know, and it's a pretty neat deal. So going forward, I mean, um, you know, you've you've been able to kind of witness uh, this through Mitchell's sale. Um, you know, what's it take? I mean, you you have a a big crew, a good crew. I mean, what's it really take if a state association that's listening, some leadership that's listening to this podcast, what's it take for them to get a, uh, a feeder calf sale going and, and a successful one? Advertise, advertise, advertise. And that's meeting with your state, you know, association, talking to your larger producers around about helping you advertise this deal, going out and advertising it to your end users and and possibly, you know, you're going to have to help find some of these cattle yourself and, and put some of these things out there in the public for people to, to buy and make them available, these calves. No doubt. So, I mean, that that's kind of leads me to my next point, Jared. I mean, with now how you're set up and leveraged between Mitchell and Cherokee, um, how can these two sales and the clientele that bring cattle to these two sales, and most importantly, the Hereford breeders that are within a two, 300 mile radius of Cherokee and Mitchell, how can they, how can they be supporting these two special sales and the calf run that comes up in the fall? Communication with the, with their, with me or one of my sales reps or somebody here. Uh, main thing is communication, communication. I mean, you got to let us know what you're thinking and, and call us ahead of time, not, not the week before, but you know, ahead of time. Hey, I'm thinking about that sale in February already. You know, I need, I want to, I want to buy some calves for that and put some of this stuff together to be able to be a part of that event. And communication is the main thing. Yeah, because I, I see a, a huge opportunity as uh, purebred breeders uh, have their commercial customers. Uh, they've they've got a reputation set of cattle. They're out of really known genetics. 
uh, health protocol that's been been well versed. They need to be pushing them through one of these two sales because inevitably you likely have an order or two or five that want to have a place to go with them to background them to either put them in the February sale in Mitchell or keep them up in that area or bring them south and uh, put them through the April sale in Cherokee. That's right. Yep. That's right. So health protocol, let's, let's go down this a little bit. Being in your seat in the cell barn arena, where have you seen the most success with the protocols year in, year out that uh, producers are following and what your buyers really want to buy? So we, uh, that's one thing that when I got started, you know, I come from the feedlot deal really background and we, uh, Ford County feed yard holds quite a few cattle. Um, and so, you know, they're always in the market for calves and there's so many people that don't follow any of these, these, uh, you know, what you want to call like weeding protocols or whatever. This, once you get a name for yourself doing the weaning stuff, giving the shots, it's pretty important to keep it up. And once you do it, people know that. And if they don't have problems with your cattle, it it pays. It might not pay from year to year if you constantly are flipping back and forth. But once you start building a product that people know um, what what to predict from them and that you're doing it right, it pays. It really does. And so, therefore, I got up there on the block and we were announcing that people were have these shots or those shots or they did, they were winning this day or that day. I got to thinking, I mean, that's why we started a program in Cherokee. It's called Cherokee Certified Deal. It's kind of like some of the other video auctions have their own certification deal. Our deal is real easy, though. You come talk to one of our sales reps, you communicate with them. They come out to your farm. They look at your cattle. Uh, they they basically are kind of a third party's verification because my guys are out there and they verify that it's actually been done, and uh, it, it it matters. It really does to these guys, especially when you're starting thousands of these things, and you don't like everybody knows this help situation is a real deal and it's tough. And so if they know that they can come and buy, if Shane's selling his calves and they're weaned and everything's done right then they know that they can come there and buy that stuff. They're going to come there and buy it. They're going to pay a premium. It might be worth five, ten dollars a hundred for them to know that they don't have to work on that stuff as hard. Yep. And and the kind of the same thing goes as as you were talking there. Um selling in the same place, if it's working, why change it? You know, and that's that's how you build the relationships with a a sale barn owner. A uh, set of buyers in that sale barn is that uh, you know jumping from one barn to the next, or on video one year, off video the next. I mean, that's how you create that continuity. You recreate that reputation, and you likely create that premium for those cattle if they're really working. Exactly, and it's not going to happen overnight either. Yeah. 
So, um, one other thing I, I think it'd be interesting to talk about, you know, I think cell barns sometimes get a bad rap, you know, uh, as far as, well, that's where all the, the low end cattle go. That's where the, um, poor quality cattle go. Um, you know, my customer, he always wants to sell on the video auctions, the summer video auctions, which are great. There's good. There's nothing wrong with them. But I, I think, you know, the competition aspect of it, you know, let's, let's talk, let's go down that a little bit, Jared, share some thoughts. Oh boy. Well, first off, I think the best thing is selling cattle in a market is a true way of finding what uh, true market transparency is. I mean, you, you get to figure out what your product's worth that day, that time right there. I personally like having a live auction and because not just because I run a cell barn, I mean, let's face it. Some of the, you know, there's other ways you can generate money that might be more uh, efficient from a cell barn standpoint. But the thing is, is like when you're there and you have people that are sitting in the seats, it just drives that competitiveness and we all have it in us. And so that market gets to be really good when they get to see who all is buying the cattle and different things like that. Yeah. And, you know, when we try to do the best job we can, some of the things about some of the video deals, some of my concerns are is the market's good. It's, it's, uh, that they'll, they may come in and cut a little deeper than they should and leave you with a few more off cattle. And if the market's, if the market's sorry, they may do the same thing. And, it just it just depends on how things are done, and I don't know. I mean, when you bring them to us, we're going to do the best job, or any cell barn for that. I feel like we're going to do the best job that we can, sorting your cattle up and package them in the best packages that we can. Yep. And our goal is not to leave you with 15 cuts on a 100-head deal. That is not our goal. Our goal is to put them in the biggest packages as we can. Create the most value for the cattle that day. Exactly. And it it was pretty apparent, I mean, between the two sales, uh, your management uh, team and uh, your your workforce there at those two sales. I mean, uh, the Mitchell sale, you had three or four different sorting alleys running at the same time to keep up with the cattle, and Cherokee would be close to the same. I mean, it was – those are two big days, uh, sold over 8,000 uh, Hereford and Hereford-influenced cattle between those two sales, and uh, – you know, it, it was pretty impressive, and, uh, you know, my congratulations to your team, uh, what you were able to pull off for the Hereford breed, and I think it's just, a, honestly, a, you know, the guys in Mitchell have uh, reaped these benefits for the last several decades and, um, you know, know the value of it, and I think uh, what you did this uh, spring in Cherokee um was an awesome platform to build for uh for those southern kansas northern oklahoma producers that are you know in love with her for genetics here here's a great opportunity to keep building on it and moving it forward closing comments heck shane can we go on for one other little subject yeah let's do it yep yep so uh one thing that i think's neat is just you know, I've, I've been feeding cattle and doing stuff with your dad or your grandpa and my dad and your grandpa used to do a lot of business together. Yep. And one thing though, 
your dad told me, or your grandpa, I'm sorry, told me when they had the Medicine Lodge cell barn, how many Hereford cattle was in the country and how big and how many that was around there. And I just think that that's pretty cool. And about how I think that things kind of maybe, uh, maybe getting some traction again. And I think the Hereford cattle are work really good with these blacks. And I think that we, there's a lot of potential in helping some of these guys market their cattle and grow. So no, no doubt. Those big, heavy yearling cattle. Uh, I don't know what they weighed. Ten forty uh, was the big end, and uh, there was a there was a set of them. that what they called their light end. These were March home raised, true F ones, and uh, their light end weighed nine fifty, sixty something like that. And uh, that big end weighed ten and a half. And you want to talk about a set of cattle? Uh, they were built for speed. Uh, they were in the right flesh and condition, and uh, they had the reputation behind them. Jared, I think that big end of those steers, they would have dollared out like uh, almost $1,900, a little over $1,900 yep. on that big end of steers. It was unbelievable. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, um, our our marketing campaign, our push, uh, and I think the reality is, folks, is that uh, – People are realizing the extra pounds that they're leaving on the table by not crossbreeding and what they're gaining with that uh, Hereford bull coming into their operation over some other breeds is that, you know, they, they got a female that can last and work for them in those tougher, drier areas uh, in, the, in the southern plains. So the, the increase that you get in the longevity, the docility of the breed uh, is, is coming to light. And now what uh, these uh, steers can do in the feed yard, that's that's what was an eye-opener to me. Um, actually, it was refreshing. There wasn't hardly any of those order buyers that are buying for the main, main feedlots in western Kansas. There wasn't anybody really shying away from those Hereford and Hereford influence cattle, was there? No. Um, you know, and so the demand for for Hereford genetics was was incredible there in Cherokee. Uh the demand was was incredible, I thought. So Yeah, and I, I think as we continue to educate people in general on this stuff, the demand for this better quality of meat and better performance is just gonna continue to rise. Well, very good. Thanks again for uh, what you've done for the Hereford breed here in uh, short, uh, two short months, really. Uh, you think about February to April um, and what you've been able to showcase uh, our, our breeders' genetics and their commercial customers' genetics through your two feeder calf sales. Um, we really appreciate the support you, you've gave us. I think the sky's the limit. Uh, I know I certainly look forward to, and, you know, Trey Beffert and other, uh, our field staff, Cord Weinheimer was there at the sale. So, I mean, there's, it's, it's going to take a team effort to keep moving this forward and we're excited about, uh, what we can do together. 
So with that, uh, that'll wrap up this episode of 1881 Marketing Success. And uh, Jared's information can be found uh, on the website or some of his marketing reps that work for both uh, Mitchell Livestock Marketing in Mitchell, South Dakota, and Cherokee Sales Company there in Cherokee, Oklahoma. You can reach out to those folks, uh, uh, particularly you Hereford uh, producers and breeders that have a set of calves coming uh, uh, to market this fall and just talk to him. You know, Jared is one of those people that, uh, you know, you can learn something each and every time uh, you pick up the phone and give him a call. He can share some ideas where he thinks the market's headed and what can help you out. And uh, I really, really think there's an opportunity here where we can continue to do more uh, with these two special sales. So appreciate him being on today and uh we're going to be closing up uh may with a special guest with certified her for beef uh, of course it is beef month and uh, in my opinion it every month is beef month we just have may to showcase it a little bit more and usually the grill is a little better suited for being outdoors and being outside and sharing some uh some good times with your friends your neighbors and by golly, if you're doing that, you might as well be grilling some certified her for beef. So we're going to talk about um, some of our uh, our uh, people involved in that uh, business and uh, give you give you a special guest to listen to. I can't tell you the name here today, uh, but it's going to be a good one. Trust me, uh, it's going to be a real fun one. So with that, we'll be signing off. Thanks for tuning in to the American Hereford Association's podcast, 1881, with host Shane Bedwell. For more information, visit Hereford.org and make sure to subscribe to the podcast today.